0: Welcome back to another episode of Aboutcast. Today we are going to be doing a review on the highly awaited, highly exciting Attack on Titan episode 72. We have three more episodes to make this whole series full of everything, so there's a lot of action wrapping up this last season. And before we jump into all the good stuff in this episode review, I want to say what's up to my man and see how he's doing. Chris, how is it going?
1: I'm doing well, dude. Another great episode in the books. A lot to go over. This episode is super emotional and really, really intense. There's a lot of intense moments going on. So excited
0: to talk about it with you. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I feel like we are getting a little bit of retribution from all that patient waiting and listening to people talk about their lives and do a whole bunch of all that silly stuff when we were in that dead man's own of nothing was really happening in stage setting and all that good stuff and now we are seeing some of those dividends pay off and so i'm excited about that but anyway as we move on to this episode we essentially well before i think it's important to talk about the episode title because that comes into play and it is children of the forest And this starts out with a flashback of Zeke illustrating how he turns villages, and specifically the Rakago village, into titans. And so obviously we know a little bit about his spinal fluid causing titans to form, and so he actually... Throw that showed that in a gas form in his kind of story that is made out to be kind of a memory flashback and another one of those interesting pieces there is that uh, everyone in the village was paralyzed when it happened and this is something he's telling Zeke or not Zeke but Levi and this is not the first time that they talked about this either is you know when when we're doing the stage setting and this is kind of the first little bit that we see chris this was actually you know you messaged me and said the first two minutes are a little spicy Uh, what were you what was going through your head when you were watching that just just
1: the fact that he was like this story or this particular scene was like brought to our attention um another thing was we finally figured out what happened like how connie's mom got turned into a titan because that is connie's village uh, so it was kind of cool to see them bring to light like what happened exactly to them and how it happened and all that good stuff. And just it, it's spicy in a way that like it's setting up this whole wine thing and the theory that I had and all that stuff. So it was just all of that stuff kind of bringing into to, to two mi- the first two minutes of the episode.
0: I, I really, well, number one, that's a great call as far as your memory goes. And Remembering that that is Connie's village, and it really sits well with you when you're hearing that story, especially knowing, or especially knowing that Connie's village, or specifically his mom, was turned into a Titan when she was upside down and couldn't move at all. So, really, this whole paralyzed theory doesn't sound too bad when you kind of compare it to what we have as far as evidence of that village kind of being turned all the way through. But once again, a huge nod to the theory, which I think, you know, we could finally say, yeah, it's certifiably correct that this man is a shot caller when it comes to theories and has called that one of the, probably one of the biggest little, little things that we have, or maybe not. It's not even little. It's like one of the biggest plots that we have in the season of attack on Titan. So um, I want to give you a round of applause. Chris, (laughs) Chris, Thanks, for homie. <laughs> yeah, bro, you got to be recognized for all that excellent effort and just, you know, great strategy. As far as thinking, we have like a, uh, Hanji, a Hanji in real life right now. Uh, I would like Senior to be referred Hanji.
1: to as, uh, Armin.
0: <laughs> all right. Dog, come well, come on. was, let's say, let's not, let's not get out of hand here. <laughs> we, uh, we have a lot of, we have a lot of, uh, attack on Titan left, um, But, you know, I'd be open to calling you that if you called out the rest of the, you know, the rest of everything that is going to go down, um, which I'll give you the opportunity to at the end of this podcast, if you'd like. So (laughs) the offers on the table, I'm going to give you some time to think about it.
1: Okay, that sounds great.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No pressure. (laughs) Um, So anyway, once we get through kind of the intro there, we have the restaurant scene. Which is, you know, obviously we know that the family of orphans that Gabby and Falco or Ben and Mia are a part of go to the Marley, the Marley chef who has a restaurant is super fancy. And dude, I think this is like a big trip up by me personally, but I never mentioned that Mr. Browse was Sasha's dad and that's how they got the invite to the restaurant. I I think I totally goofed on that to mention that on the pod.
1: I thought we did, but it, I mean, maybe whatever, (laughs) um, if we
0: did, then that's perfect. Um, then we, you know, we're on the mark, but I just found that super interesting. And, um, you know, one of those other full cycle things there, as far as like the Mm -hmm. Phoenix and being reborn that, you know, the, well, I mean, I could talk about this again and I'm gonna save people who are playing the drinking game from taking another shot. So let's move on there. <laughs> um essentially we have kind of a deep like a deep dive into that specific kind of um people separated by the like, you know, the second degree. So we're talking about, you know, Mr. Browse and uh Niccolo and how you know Nicolo was just kind of Rumored to be like super in love with his girl or, you know, his daughter, Mr. Browse's daughter, who is Sasha. And that's why they're there and um, a whole bunch of stuff like that. So it seems like pretty, pretty regular. And then um, Gabby and Falco are, of course, setting the scene to talk to this Marley dude and hopefully kind of touch base. They're doing their spy work right now and everything should be good. And once again, it's kind of interesting to see that Gabby's still, like, pretty gung-ho on, you know, like, screw these homies out here in Paradis. Um, I'm trying to, you know, show out for my team back home. <laughs> the, um, I just find the the whole kind of, like, the scene interesting. And from your perspective, Chris, like, walk us through what happens when they finally get down to that basement and... Well, no. Even before then, because uh, the scouts show up, right?
1: Uh, I don't. I think the scouts show up after all that happened. Uh,
0: no, they don't, because he oh no. Niccolo yeah, has the wine right. bottle, right? You're right. Yeah,
1: you're right. Yeah. So the scouts did show up. Um, well, first of all, the Browse family and um, Gabby and Falco and everyone else they show up for dinner, and then um, like while uh, Niccolo is making the the food. His assistant, I, I don't remember if he had a name or whatever. I think he or, does,
0: but it's irrelevant. i Well, I mean kind <laughs> of irrelevant.
1: Yeah, for now, we'll just leave him to Mr. Assistant. Um, but Mr. Assistant comes and tells him that the scouts uh, have arrived and wanted to talk to Niccolo. Um And basically, Nicolo sends him to, uh, I guess, this special room that has the, well, he would keep the MPs um, there to serve them, serve, serve them food and things like that um and kind of in that scene you see uh John and Connie talking about this <laughs> this bottle of wine that uh the MPs are are have been raving about and all this other stuff and then you see Nicolo kind of freak out and grab the wine from John and say that like we can't waste this wine on you oldians and things like that and um and then from there like i think that was about it right for that particular part of the scene? Was there anything else that stood out to you?
0: Not so much. I mean, it was just obvious, like, how, um, you know, on the back foot he was with that stuff and Mm -hmm. how, you know, his whole kind of, he was just ridiculously protective of that bottle of wine. And um, we, of course, if you are an aboutcast listener and have been following along in this series, which you should because we've been kind of on top of the game here, you know exactly why he's doing that. And then um, I think you're good to go. There's not much else I can pick from that scene. So, yeah. So then Nicolo heads
1: down to, I believe it's the same seller from the past couple episodes. Uh, and that's when Gabby and Falco also kind of follow him down there. Uh, and then this is when Gabby <laughs> just starts like running her mouth about how proud she was about killing a certain soldier who came and raided uh Liberio and comes to find out Nicolo realizes that she was the one who killed Sasha and then he just goes on an absolute rampage and uh grabs that bottle of wine he's about to smack her in the head but Falco being the amazing person that he is and just and just seeing how much he I think he loves her um, so I'm going to say seeing how much he loves her, he jumps in front of her, knocks her out of the way. He gets knocked out by the bottle of wine. And then uh, we just see this scene where it's just super intense. And you see kind of Gabby and Nicolo kind of, I guess, talking really intensely about their feelings and stuff like that. We end up seeing Nicolo knocking Oof. Gabby out. And that's yeah. the end of the scene.
0: Yeah, uh, but did.
1: there's a lot of different things that, are going on with that scene too. And one of the main things and one of the crazier things that happens is you see a little drop of wine go into Falco's mouth. And that is super concerning, super crazy if we're following my theory and stuff like that. But Jordan, what are your thoughts on all that? And do you have anything else to add?
0: Well, I think you really surmised it really well. The, the whole, it was a super, super intense scene. So that foreshadows or kind of goes back to what you were saying originally with everything. And then the foreshadowing with the wine, that was perfect. And another thing that I wanted to highlight is just kind of a reaffirmation of character and how these, how the complexity and the different nuances of these characters really manifest themselves in interesting mm-hmm. situations like this. But it's, it's super, super clear just off of pure, observational skills and empathy that falco knows exactly who nicolo is Mm -hmm. and that he cared about sasha without knowing anything else than nicolo asked gabby if they killed anybody on the ship Mm. which is like i think quite extraordinary that he can pick that up so quickly and then obviously the the whole situation happens and then here we are with a knocked out falco and a punched out Gabby.
1: It's freaking crazy, man. And uh I think they do like Gabby does mention that they're warrior candidates and stuff like that, and I think that's how uh Nicolo kind of pieces everything together. Um and I I do also think that Nicolo might have mentioned it like when they first got to the restaurant about how he knows Mr. Brass and stuff like that, but I could be totally wrong on that. And that's how Falco realizes who nicolo actually is. Um, and it's also crazy just to see like how much love nicolo actually had for Sasha. Uh, because to me it seemed like it it was kind of just a saying where it was this girl who really liked his food and that was about it. But it's it's just really crazy to see that and also crazy for Gabby and Falco to realize that like a marlion and a person of parodies can can love each other and like and intermingle and live together and stuff like that it's it's just really interesting like this whole scene was pretty pretty crazy
0: it's another clear kind of aspect of why gabby's one-dimensional type of like operandus is just horrible for the complexities of like you know like humans mm-hmm. and in the sense of just kind of like one directional these guys are devils they're the worst um can't wait to kill them all type of thing when there's just so so much more like detail and nuance to it all and that's where she's you know found put herself in bad situations whether it be on the run almost you know just being like stranded in this situation where nicolo a marlene is trying to like attack her and things of that nature so i just find it um I just find it kind of funny that we get reminded once more of kind of like character tropes. Mm -hmm. And then I think I totally agree with you that there was a lot more connection with Nicolo and Sasha than just the food. And it's, I think one of those things where I'm sure if we had the mango, we could have seen a little bit more, um, or we read the mango, we would see a little bit more of that. And once again, this is just kind of, um, This is just me like hypothesizing, but I feel like one of the, that type of relationship would have been excellent to dive into a little bit more and like show a little bit more color on.
1: Mm -hmm. I agree.
0: The, the next thing that we see here is obviously we have this kind of like Niccolo standoff. He has a knife. uh, He has Falco under his arm. And then Gabby um, is like on the floor and he's in front of the the kind of like the Browse company and then the scouts come in too once armin alerts all of them to what's going on and essentially he's just like a cold dude with it and says all right mr Browse, you know you got dibs since she killed your daughter but if you don't if you don't if you're not really into it and it's going to ruin your meal like i'm i'll I'll take care <laughs> of business so he's super cold with it like you know happy to kill a kid and granted this kid is a you know, part of this warrior candidate program. So she's absolutely a hardened, you know, killing machine in a sense, but Mm -hmm. still a kid nonetheless. And this is where we get this like super intense standoff. And before we go any further, was there anything you noticed from that kind of, you know, that little bit of dialogue before Mr. Browse kind of, uh, you know, takes the knife. Was there anything that you picked up in particular, Chris?
1: No, not really. I think you, pretty much nailed everything it's just crazy to me that he'd be so willing to kill a kid uh but yeah like i said you've you've pretty much nailed everything so i think i think we can move on and i would would love to hear your thoughts on the next next little bit
0: yeah man so essentially this next bit is the mr brouse takes the knife from nicolo and obviously gabby's like well i'm done because if any, you know, knowing her, if it was her position, uh, you know, get, you know, this person that killed her daughter would have been absolutely just, you know, maybe tortured even, but definitely killed. Um, And he goes into somewhat of a monologue talking about the history of, you know, how, you know his daughter grew up and like how the family interacted with everything. And essentially what happened was um, they're extremely poor family. If you remember from, I believe it was season one that we saw a little bit of it, or maybe it was season two that we saw some of Sasha's background and they're extraordinarily poor. And this kind of like eight um, little varmints is what he says from the forest. And essentially knowing that he needed his daughter needed a better life. He sent her away from the forest and then that's how she got involved in the military and this essentially saying you know you gotta like send the child away from the forest where uh life is to you know life is just to survive there and not to grow or flourish and that that sacrifice for them as far as a family is extremely large because that was kind of the source of food because sasha was just such an excellent archer and i think like kind of like a great analogy is imagine if the hunger games was like you know involved in this and you can think of katniss everdeen's family you know similar skill set and everything she would like kill to animals of the forest to get food for her family. And imagine if her family said, Katniss, you need to have a better life than this. And it won't be by staying here. So go and, you know, find better opportunity in the city or somewhere outside of the forest. So that that's kind of like how big that type of move was Mm -hmm. to kind of risk your own existence for the betterment of somebody else or of the daughter. And so essentially the, the whole point or the whole metaphor of what Mr. Brous was saying is that the, the child in this instance is, you know, in the chaos and everything like that. And, you know, the best thing to do is send them away from all of that chaos and madness and accept, or the force of regret even, or revenge and let the adults kind of, bear the brunt of the hunger pains of that that unrealized revenge in a sense Mm -hmm. so to break the cycle and once again this is this is another thing that we've seen so so many times in this whole series as far as like the cycle of revenge and everything Mm -hmm. like that Um, another reoccurring theme of course but this is just kind of like a really really nice metaphor of what's going on here and why Mr. Browse is not going to kill Gabby, even though she killed uh, her daughter in, in a just an absolute kind of assassination. And it was like wanton. And of course she was going to try to kill everybody in there, but Sasha happened to be the very unlucky one. Is uh, is there anything that you want to add to that or comment on?
1: Mm. No. Um, so the the part you're talking about, kind of the adults dealing with the hunger pains, are you talking about kind of that quote when he said it's up to the adults to shoulder the sins of the past and and he's a stop absolutely one? okay, cool, yeah, uh, no, I think it's so great what you said about the cycles because uh, I kind of had that in my notes too. It's just that the adults in this situation, being the Browse family, being the I guess the military and stuff, people like that, like they are the ones who kind of need to teach the the children the something different. Cause it's been like the same thing has been taught time and time again. And I, I I just think it's really cool that Mr. Browse realizes this. And I think everyone in this, (laughs) in this attack on Titan series needs to have a a Mr. Browse in their life right now. just because he is just so different from everyone else. And his mindset is honestly like super, super beautiful. And, uh yeah, I just have a lot of respect for this guy just because of all the things that he said and like the way that he's treating Gabby and Falco and stuff like that is it's just awesome. So yeah, that's all I have to add.
0: Yeah. It's um yeah, and it's extraordinary too because you you think about it, you know, that the the second that you send those kids out of that situation and you know, this metaphorical place the second that you lose the ability to kind of continue that revenge on in the first place, because it's like it it will die with you unless you kind of grow the seed into a younger, you know, a younger human to Mm -hmm. continue it on. So it like fully breaks the cycle and almost takes all of the, the responsibility on yourself, which I find really interesting in the series where there's, you know, certain races that are, fully condemned to being second-class citizens and and like you know killed without repercussions and things of that nature as far Mm -hmm. as like the LDNs. um but anyway yeah i i think it's probably good to not add too much to what you said because it was excellent
1: oh nice
0: (laughs) yeah Uh anyway and this is of course another like huge knock on you know, knock on the door of Gabby's thick skull about revenge, and once again she's just like mm-hmm. after lesson after lesson after lesson, she's just kind of still you know in disbelief of all of this stuff happening, and you know at this point she's taken out of the room, but also another good note is that you know the other girl that saved them originally tries yeah. to kill Gabby okay, yeah. after that,
1: yeah, that was sad to see, man, just because. I think it was the the last episode or the, the whatever the episode that she took him to her destroyed village and she was kind of talking about like this cycle and like kind of like we need to forgive and like why why did you kill my mom like she didn't have anything to do with it like all those those questions that she was asking and then she goes to this and tries to kill Gabby it's really sad to see kind of this reoccurring cycle that we've been talking about
0: yeah. But I think I think this was actually quite you could see it coming if you Mm -hmm. if you had each of those things and then you just laid them out in paper as far as like, this is what this person's been through. This is what they think. This is what happens. Um, Because I don't honestly, I don't think that she she talked much about forgiveness, but Mm -hmm. the innocence of her position. And why, like, you know, she, she had nothing to do with these things. It wasn't necessarily about forgiveness, but it was like, why, why my particular, you know, my mom didn't do anything to you guys and it wasn't. Yeah. So she was fully happy to continue that cycle of revenge mm. and uh, not willing to kind of like eat it type of thing, even though yeah. she was helping Marleyans, um, like her mom, these two particular ones had nothing to do with her mom's death. And that's why I think she was okay with helping them but the second that something happened to somebody she loved that's why she tried to kill her
1: Mm. that's good i like that
0: thanks my man (laughs) um and so we have the huge the huge huge nod of something that we've talked about bro was it about like three weeks ago that we mentioned this or talked about this thing with the the wine are you yeah you built this
1: yeah I, i think it was about three weeks that's when uh that one episode when the the like eerie scene when uh, Niccolo's Helper came down. I was like, this, is this the right one? That, that, that episode? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I'm pretty sure it was three weeks ago now.
0: Yeah, man. So once again, here's a lesson to you guys. If you guys want to be on the cutting edge of this stuff and leading your nerd friend group on what's what with Attack on Titan, listen up because we're ahead of the curve here anyway. So Nicola finally admits that the wine has Zeke's spinal cord fluid in it, and then kind of things are affirmed, and it gets pretty hot in the restaurant, right? Because the scouts don't know what's going on. He also mentions, hey, you need to wash out Falco's mouth because something, you know, some wine got in there, but it might be too late type of thing. I really hope it's not because... Falco is one of those characters that has the force and the power to actually change characters over time. Yeah. But yeah, well, maybe I mean.
1: this happening to him might, it might actually like maybe push Gabby over the edge and make her realize that she's thinking the wrong thing. Like maybe that's kind of the the straw that breaks the camel's back for her. And it, it really sucked to see that happen, but maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe that's, that could be it.
0: Yeah, um, I'm dude. I'm willing actually to uh to go out on a crazier limb here. uh Oh, crazier limb. I'm thinking that that actually got into his system, and that that's how he's going to inherit inherit a Titan ability mm. because that's the only way that they would be able to inherit one is to obviously bite a piece, you know, obviously eat someone's spinal cord fluid as they are in Titan form. Mm-hmm. So. Here's the only opportunity of my kind of season one long standing or episode one long standing thinking of Falco getting a Titan power. So Do you
1: have any any thoughts on who's it gonna be?
0: <clears throat> um, well, obviously, like going back to the first, like the first very scene that we see out of everybody, Falco's flying around with ODM gear, or that's his memory of it all, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'm thinking that. It's it's gonna have to be somebody who's worked with ODM gear. So it obviously means Reiner is cool. Um, obviously Aaron's cool, which uh seems about right. Armin's actually off the list because he's I don't think he's ever killed a Titan with ODM gear, but we know that mm-hmm. Aaron and Reiner um have, or at least I believe Reiner has. So it's that's why it's up to those two. And obviously Aaron's kind of a hot ticket on the the market. So and we don't know if Reiner's even on the island. So that's why I'm thinking it's gonna be Aaron.
1: Yeah, I mean they're in the same same building too, which well, I kind of spoiled the rest of the the pod there, but whatever. We're gonna get there (laughs) anyway. Yeah, we
0: were gonna get there anyway. And you should be watching the episode before you watch this, of course, anyway as well. So I I also think that we're gonna bounce from a a scene or two Mm -hmm. just because we know that Aaron is on his way to Zeke and Zeke's not going to kind of like mount the offensive if Aaron's too far away just yet. So we'll see them be on the move like we actually saw eventually, but to get back on track, as far as scenes go, we jump back to the forest and Levi hears about the assassination of Zachary and learns of kind of picks his plan. And I find that this is like quite interesting that, um you know commander picks has essentially just said yeah levi you're gonna have to handle this crazy motherfucker um <laughs> as far as aaron um you know best of luck to you but if he sends him over there then it's like it's up to levi to like take care of business mm-hmm. which is it's pretty i mean you gotta you know levi's pretty hardcore but i think at this point as far as power level goes um because I have my uh, power level sensor, uh, I stole it from Napa. <laughs> I think that Levi's going to have a seriously hard time, yeah. Killing Aaron,
1: yeah, yeah. That's gonna be it's gonna be tough. And that scene that you're talking about when he's in the forest, I wa- i did want to mention it was really cool, like seeing that scene where he was kind of flashing back in a way, yeah. To all the times that he saved Aaron and like how they're showing all of the different scenes in the trees, that was super cool i don't think we've ever seen anything like that on attack on titan before so i thought that was really cool how they did that and uh all that good stuff but yeah he's gonna have a real real tough time killing aaron just because he was kind of saying like man i've risked my life for this guy so many times and we've lost so many comrades and like he's kind of put his entire faith into aaron and like he really truly believed that aaron was going to save humanity and so yeah it's. It's gonna suck if it's gonna g- come down to that point because I don't know if Levi's gonna make it out of there in time, man. It's I can't imagine an a- Attack on Titan without Levi.
0: Yeah, bro. They're going to do his real fucking... They're, they're going to do his real dirty if they take out Levi, which is one of the most like hardcore, cool, and rallyable characters in the actual universe of at Attack on Titan. Mm-hmm. The, the couple things that I'm going to give him a lot of advantage for is if they stay in the forest, that's obviously a huge pro-Levi. And also, we know how... How like, you know, sharp we saw Levi when he was attacking Zeke in his beast form, when it was like, you know, his homie Irwin, his commander Irwin was literally riding into death and sacrificing so many people. We actually saw that in the like the yep. tree flashback, which was super cool, and how just like there was no shot for Zeke, even though he was like a super powered beast Titan because he had royal blood. Like there was just no shot, man. I don't even think like nine out of ten times Levi is winning, or like one yeah. out of ten times Zeke is gonna win that fight, bro. I think it's even like fewer. Maybe one or maybe like three out of ninety a hundred times Zeke wins. <laughs> what what would you put as as far as odds go?
1: No, I would, I totally agree with your odds. Uh dude, Levi is just he's on another level compared to anyone else as far as I guess using ODM gear and stuff like that. Like Mm -hmm. Zeke, like you were saying, he has no, no chance, no chance against this guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we're, you know, I think there's a really good chance of this not happening, of course, just like, you know, this being totally avoided, but also Mm -hmm. Levi has some pretty decent survivability in a situation of Aaron in the forest and all of that good stuff. But, as we move on and stop um, s- stop our supposition of something that might not happen, <laughs> we get back to the restaurant and it is as hyped as it can be once we actually realize that the spinal cord paralysis thing is a lie. And we know that from a few things, right? And I would like to hear if if I'm missing a point or if you have a contradictory point to what I was just going to say. The the reason why it's like impossible for them to be paralyzed when that happens is because of the ten years ago they took over a capital in a night, mm-hmm. off of Zeke's spinal cord fluid. So there, in itself, I feel like it's impossible for people to be pra- paralyzed by it. Yeah, and also there's something huge there that was kind of that I just literally right now picked up. If he, Zeke is turning people on the Titans. That means that that whole capital was full of descendants of the subjects of Ymir.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Where or, was that capital?
1: Great question. Or another thought that I had was that they sent in some, I guess, Eldian captives that they had mm. and maybe just had them like undercover or something like that. But I did have that question too of, of where that was, because that I think is. A huge piece of the puzzle that we kind of need to know,
0: yeah, yeah, definitely, and it 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 opens up a lot of stuff and to save time with some of the the rabbit holes that leaves for us to hopefully step over or uh adeptly dip our toe in and then dip out <laughs> that either means that a whole other country or like you know country has uh L-U-D-E-N's in it or they did the spy thing where they just mm-hmm. kind of drop some in. And I noticed that the architecture was quite different though. Yeah. So it's like, you'd have to really be careful on who you put into that environment. Even if you dropped in just random subjects of your they all look German for the most part, unless they're conquered from another place. And then, you know, the chances of them having that genetic capability are almost zero. So it, it almost seems strange and I think I think it's probably makes more sense for them to be subjects of Ymir wherever they were at. But yeah. who knows, man. Do you have any other kind of uh quick ideas on that one?
1: Mm, no, I don't think so. Uh yeah, the only idea I had was that they, they had like the spy thing going on and they dropped some in there. But I mean, it would be very interesting if there was another, I guess, subgroup of the Eldian race that we don't know about yet. I mean, I Mm -hmm. guess it would make just the world a little bit bigger and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's really interesting what that, what they're kind of saying in that scene.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then it, you know, it opens up a lot of doors, but for right now, since it's kind of like a little footnote, um, we'll save that for possibly another episode if we get enough interest on it. Mm -hmm. But essentially now we have it getting really really spicy with Aaron happens to just kind of like stroll in say what's up guys with his cut hand and you know he just sits down and wants to talk and this sounds vaguely familiar when was the last time you wanted to talk with a cut hand dude he uh <laughs> that homeboy is just bad news at this point
1: <laughs> whenever you see that cut hand now it's like oh it's just like oh, oh, no.
0: shoot what's going yeah. on <laughs> You're like, hey, bro, I got to go to the I was just about to go to the bathroom, man, um, just stay here. Uh, I'll be back mm-hmm. and then just run. Um, so yeah. w- this is crazy, dude. We have um, there's a lot of dynamics here, like in that room just by itself, man. You have the three of the best friends like Mikasa was there saying, like, hey, I'm going to I'm here to protect Aaron for the majority of her life. And now it's kind of switched. She wants to protect her country more than Aaron. So mm-hmm. she has kind of a, a reason, even though it's not emot- an emotional reason, it's a logical reason to kind of attack and kill Aaron. Armin, um, he really was kind of seeking to understand Aaron. So there's going to be a lot of information that he wants to collect from this. And then no. we can't forget about Gabby, whose sole ex- you know, reason of existence now is to kill Aaron. <laughs> Crazy right room, there, bro. He's yeah. right there. <laughs> she obviously can't do anything. And if she did, it'd be a, a really, really quick death for her. Um, and she's yeah. smart enough to realize that as far as combat goes, but it's insane. I, you know, that level of tension. And I wish that granted these episodes are quick and they have a lot to get put in, mm-hmm. in these, you know, short stints of time, but that would have been amazing to see a little bit more of that just like natural pressure that we yeah. would see in that room. Right. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, totally. And I think another thing that we didn't quite touch on was kind of the, the interactions between Gabby, Mikasa and Armin before Aaron mm-hmm. walked in. Uh, cause just cause Gabby was just like, why are you guys protecting me? I killed these people and all that stuff. And Armin kind of goes on to say like, he, basically said that he's tired of people killing people and it just seems like he wants that peaceful resolution and then he says something like like he you remind me of a person that i that i know and it's just cool to see that again that that connection between aaron and gabby and how they're so one track minded and how armin has now realized that uh but yeah that that's kind of just what i wanted to mention did you have anything else to
0: to add on that no, man. Well, number one, thanks for bringing that up, because it is an, an important conversation that they had. And one more time of, you know, Gabby getting told, hey, the world's a lot deeper than these people are enemies and these people aren't. So I, you know, I think that that was an important thing to, mm-hmm. to highlight there.
1: Yeah. And I'm pretty sure after like right after Armin said that, Aaron walks in. And so that yeah. was just it was just really cool to see all that play out. Mm-hmm all those connections and stuff like that.
0: And I have a question for you, man. Do you think that obviously that's like a super, super obvious nod of saying you're exactly like Aaron or you're exactly like, and then Aaron shows up. So of course the the answer to that is you're exactly like Aaron, the way you think, but mm-hmm. do you think that either this season or maybe it's just our analysis is so much deeper, but I feel like some of the attack on Titan like references or like little notes and hints are a lot more on the nose than they have in, been in previous episodes, or mm. we might just understand the universe better. What are you mm. thinking? Dang,
1: um, I do think they're a little bit more obvious this this time around this season, um, but it could just be us being like like you said, like analyzing absolutely everything too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. As I've told you before, I, I've been rewatching the the past seasons and y- you're totally right. Like in the past seasons, they gave us absolutely nothing like all the time. And yeah, I just, yeah, they are definitely giving us a little bit more than, than they have been in the past for sure.
0: Yeah. And I think, well, I guess there's a f- couple of reasons and just to go in this a little bit, because uh, I think it's kind of a cool little note to talk about because it's kind of meta and um, I kind of get boners for meta stuff like this. <laughs> but essentially, I think there might be a few reasons. One, because we know so much more about the universe that they can't really hide enough stuff from us now. And mm-hmm. they need to be uh, so like, I love my analogies. So here's another one. But, you know, if if we and the attack on Titan story plot line are at a bar and it approaches us in a cool scout way with, you know, a lot of slick talking lines and stuff, there's a lot more reason to be kind of sly and clever at the beginning of the night and then you know as you kind of get the sense and feel that it's about to be closing time and the lights are going to get flipped on and everyone's going to scatter like roaches that you're going to be a lot more kind of less less kind of innocuous with the things that you do Mm -hmm. to you know at the end of the night and now we're at the end of this universe So I think that that might be a thing as well. Just kind of the natural progressions of the interactions between the plot line and us. um, It's kind of at that stage where you don't have to be as subtle with things and we all still appreciate them a bit. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that?
1: No, I think that's great. And that was actually not not your, uh, I guess your comparison or whatever with the bar and stuff. But I was going to say like, yeah, there. Wait, hold up! You don't
0: think that was great?
1: No, no, it was awesome. Stop, stop! No, That's not I'm, what I I'm was saying. I'm joking. <laughs> no, but uh, I was just gonna say that. Yeah, we're we're starting to reach the the end of it all, and it's it's time to stop stop hiding stuff because it, it, there's just no way, no other way around it, really. Since we're so so close to, I, I just get so sad when I say we're close to the end. Uh. But yeah, man, it's, that's pretty much all I have with that. It's just, it's just one of those things, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. I I think that, you know, there's a few reasons, I guess, essentially at the end of the day that we're um, seeing these things in a little bit more blatant of a light, Mm -hmm. but uh, I think we can leave it there. And then, you know, if we want to pick that up later, we can, but anyway, so we're at kind of like the, the end of this episode. And unfortunately, it's the spiciest time ever. But I, you know, if Aaron's there, that means the Jaegerists are there too, with a little posse um, led by Flock. And it, I don't know if you noticed this, but even though they were tipped off, obviously, of the scouts being there, Flock still acted excited or not excited, but surprised that Hanji was there. Did you get that? She was, I mean, maybe he was hmm. just being kind of like a, like, oh, he's just kind of being a smart ass. But he was like, oh, pleasant surprise. Now we can ask you where Zeke is. Oh, to
1: interesting.
0: I didn't really pick up, pick that up.
1: Uh, do you know exactly like what he was saying or how? he? Yeah, well, it was just kind of, it
0: was just that. Right. Mm-hmm. So he like strolled in. Um, Aaron knew the room that obviously Mikasa, Armin and Armin were in, but. Mm. Hanji was in the back washing out Falco's mouth and then he came out and was like, Oh, you're here. So oh, interesting. You know you you know how you happen to know where Zeke is, so spill the beans type of thing. Mm-hmm. And it could yeah. be him just being kind of, you know, just being a shithead. And I think he was just
1: being a smart ass. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like Flock, dude. He's got some some serious cojones to point a gun at at our girl Hanjay and the rest of the yeah. scouts. Like, come on, dude.
0: Like, you have that. go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, because you were gonna say something similar to what I was gonna say, that he's not hardcore enough to be pulling shots like this. No. But yeah, I mean, it,
1: yes, he was a, the survivor with Irwin and yeah. stuff, but mm-hmm. in that in that scene and in that season, like he was an absolute coward. Like he did not want to do it at all. Yes, he he did go out. On those horses and survived and stuff but uh nah nah he he has done nothing to to deserve what he's doing and stuff like that
0: yeah like he's um yeah for sure he is a it's it's like the classic saying of uh and i guess maybe this isn't the perfect one but that um don't let your bulldog mouth get in the way of that puppy dog ass Mm. is um something something that that reminds me of but Mm -hmm. that's a whole nother thing man i'm curious i mean we could talk about this too in a different podcast but um it's super fascinating to me the attitudes of people that do like brave things because it's like you know you don't necessarily always have to have a brave attitude when you're doing something brave you can be scared to death Mm -hmm. um and still accomplish the goal but uh you use that particular case of him being scared doing that thing Um, even though he just literally ran his horse and happened to be luckier than anybody's business Mm -hmm. but um, yeah so moving on we have this kind of uh, we learn a lot of information one that they rejected the the you know the offer of negotiation from picks and I also wanted to mention that did you notice that Haji was like trying to extract extra information from flock that whole entire time?
1: No. So please say more.
0: Yeah, man. So obviously like Hanji's incredibly smart and especially in this, you know, being the commander of the the scouts. But so she says, you know, obviously flock says, yeah, we're not going to negotiate with them. Pix is trying to get Aaron eaten. And then stuff like that. And so Hanji, like this is such a loaded question here that she has to say, but she's trying to negotiate for so much. She essentially says, so is this you guys as kind of like babbling, you know, verses of a madman type of thing? Or is this your like spy on the inside that is telling you all this stuff? Mm-hmm. So it's like right there. Yeah, Um, his reaction will tell her a lot of things, Um, and you know they. It was already mentioned that they have a few other people on the inside. Who those are, uh, I'm not sure, but they absolutely would be people of influence and not kind of a peon, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Hmm. So
1: this is so you know how I was talking to you off the pod about if Aaron like truly knows what's going on. Mm -hmm. Was this kind of particular scene when? Hanji was questioning him and he kind of told her to keep her, keep her volume. low. like I was wondering, like, did he not want Aaron to hear something like that? And that's why I'm wondering if Aaron actually truly knows what's going on with Yelena and Zeke and stuff like that.
0: Well, I, so I think that there's, you know, I don't want to downplay the, the meeting of Yelena and Aaron because Mm -hmm. there's so much loaded in that. Yeah. So I want to give that like fair due credit. Mm-hmm. So let's say I would want to lean towards yes, just off of that too, to make that call for Aaron to say, no, we're not going to negotiate means that he has enough information to know what the military is trying to do. Mm-hmm. So I want to say that he's like pretty involved. Um, the whole game plan here though, I'm not exactly sure, but this is kind of like a classic dude. This is, this is actually legit. Kind of like the classic thing of, we see it in a lot of anime. Um, The one that's coming to mind is kind of like Naruto at the very end. Um, For all of you guys who haven't seen the very, very end of Naruto Shippuden, um, please skip this part. But remember how Sasuke kind of controlled all the tailed beasts and said, Hey, so the ultimate piece is going to be me hanging out over the world with a big, big stick and nobody's going to act a fool because they know that I'm going to smack them if they do. So -hmm. it'll be peace in a sense. And I think maybe this is what Aaron's doing for, for kind of paradise and saying, um, nobody's going to mess with me because number one, I'm going to destabilize the military enough that they don't have enough power to check me or challenge me in any way. And then I'm gonna kinda like have the power of the rumbling to make sure that there's peace for Aldeans. Mm-hmm. And so okay. it's kind of like a small price to pay, um messing, you know, like killing the NPs. Yeah. That's, That's what I'm true. thinking right now.
1: Yeah, that totally makes sense. I'm just really concerned about Zeke because I, I dude, I don't know. I just I just don't trust the dude. I don't trust Yelena. And I just feel like he's manipulating Aaron to, to do something that he like that Zeke himself actually wants to happen. Yeah, and I'm just not fully convinced that Aaron wants this to happen as well. So I just feel like he's kind of being deceived in a way by by Zeke. I don't know how that it is right now, but I don't know. I just I just feel like Aaron's being played big time by by Big Bro.
0: Yeah, man. I I that's obviously a huge possibility and. It's kind of the classic, um, is the dog wagging the tail or is the tail wagging the dog type of situation? Mm. Like you yeah. know, to find out what exactly is happening, we're going to have to figure out who is pulling the most threads here. Like who is the compelling force in this thing? Yeah, and I think even though Aaron has been the most dynamic in this kind of short time, Zeke, even from the jump of you know talking to Aaron or not talking to Aaron, but talking about how his spinal fluid situation works Mm -hmm. Um, he's kind of set the stage up to influence Aaron a lot so I think that Zeke is in a sense controlling Aaron um, through Yelena through kind of hearsay and stuff like that uh, as far as setting the scene for everything so I 100% agree that he should not be trusted and um, I guess that also means, well, we know too that the Jaegerists know about the spinal cord stuff as yeah. well. So, yeah. and another thing, too, just a quick note. Um, here's another kind of like another lay of Hanji trying to get information. Um, she never mentioned the MPs. And so this time it's like it was a success. The first time mm-hmm. it didn't kind of work necessarily, the second time it was a success. And they figured out from Flock mentioning like NPs are going to be taken out that she knows that they know about it.
1: Yep. Yeah, dude. It's uh, next three episodes going to be absolute craziness, man.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: It's really good and awesome on Hanjay. And it just shows just how 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 smart she really is to just get as much information as she can from whoever she can
0: yeah man well especially since it's like dude i i think it's underplayed like in the real sense what kind of superpowers these scouts have Mm -hmm. especially as a commander like imagine being put in the most stressful situation where people that you love are going to die if you don't have a perfect execution of plan and even Mm -hmm. then there's a you know there's chances that people are going to die anyway so having that type of pressure and then trying to Plan out a strategic, um, you know, tactics and game plans in the long run, um, of multiple day missions and stuff like that. The I feel like these guys are so so skilled and so so sharp on some of the stuff that they're always going to be able to be like operate like talk about clutch essentially Mm -hmm. is what I'm talking about. These guys are as clutch as they get,
1: yeah, they're almost like superhumans in a way, really. Mm -hmm. I think when you compare them to. Even like different people in the different sectors of the military, like the people in the military police and the garrison, I just feel like they just don't compare or stack up to to the scouts like the scouts are just that they they hit different, man.
0: Yeah, man. I think the the other military, you know, other branches of the military we've seen before in other episodes, they're weenies, right? They don't Mm -hmm. go outside the walls. They don't see real business. They barely know how to use their ODM gear. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of like clear that they are lacking in a lot of ways that the scouts are the most skilled at. And mm. you know, Haji was just showing that right there with just kind of like high pressure, strategic, strategic, like, you know, just outsmarting somebody by asking certain questions and attaining as much information as she can. Mm. So We'll yeah. see. I mean, of course they're still humans infallible and we need a juicy plot, but mm-hmm. for the most part, man, I put my money on them.
1: Oh, another thing that I just thought of, kind of backtracking, sorry, dude. But um, so you know how Pixis initially said that they were gonna negotiate with Aaron? Mm-hmm. Uh I feel like he told that to the scouts, but then now he's changing gears and planning to to have Aaron Eaten. Yeah. I, it's just is this another way of the I guess them sh- the creators of Attack on Titan showing that 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 the scouts are still not super trusted by by everyone else in the military? Because I feel like I, the scouts I, had no idea.
0: Yeah. I mean, of course, they were smart enough to figure it out. Like Armin yeah. figured it out really quick and stuff. Mm-hmm. So they they have the ability. But if, yeah, this is absolutely just kind of, you know, Paradis is in a really bad spot. They have Aaron to fight. They have Marley to fight, and they have their own distrust of each other to fight. So, they have like
1: a civil war brewing too.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's it's um, and some of those things are their own fault, but other things are just kind of like horrific circumstance. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Well, is it is it that time for theories? I think it's just that are time, man. You want to
0: be called Armin or not?
1: <laughs> oh shoot. <laughs> Um no, I think I'm going to stick with Hanjay for now.
0: All right, bro. Yeah, it's uh, that's a really great. Uh,
1: yeah, I think I'm going to play it safe so for honorable. Now. I'm going to play it safe.
0: It's for either now. that or uh, you get called flock. Oh. She's in three flock, so. Yeah, no, nah, yeah. I'm good. Yeah, yeah, you're happy.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: uh, you want me to start? Or you want to go?
0: Now go for it, my man.
1: All right. Next episode. Hmm. Ah, uh, I'm really excited to to hear the conversation between Aaron, Mikasa, and Armin. Uh, I I think this is one of the first times that we see them actually talking, interacting. I mean, we got a little bit when they're on the the aircraft that they were escaping Liberio from, but I think there's going to be a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot of juicy info coming from those interactions. Uh, ah, Man, I think the next episode we're going to see what's going to happen in the forest as far as people maybe turning into the titans and uh zeke maybe escaping from levi and stuff like that uh but man i don't it, i think it's called savagery yep. so i think we might be seeing some some crazy stuff happening as far as maybe people some people dying maybe some super inhumane things going on i don't know man but i think next next episode I keep. I feel like I keep saying this every single podcast. Next next episode is going to be real spicy, and uh, I, I'm hoping to see some Titan action actually, because uh, I I just miss seeing those Titans, man. But yeah, yeah. I think that's about it. I mean, maybe hoping to see what's going on with the Marlins uh, as far as like who's actually there, what they're going to do, stuff like that, and maybe. Mm, Oh, I forgot Gabby's going to be in the room too. So that's going to be interesting too. Yeah, man, next episode is going to be good.
0: Yeah, it's it, they set it up so perfectly to be um, for it to be amazing mm-hmm. and to to kind of like you know spin my gospel. I think that we you know this is the first time that we're seeing Armin Mikasa and Aaron in a room with a conversation in a you know. St- since them invading Liberia or like, you know, the attack itself. And even then they weren't kind of alone in a room. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be a really, really interesting conversation. Just the amount of time that's been spent apart, um, the curious minds of what's going on. There's a lot of information that's going to be exchanged. So I fully anticipate doing like kind of a really in-depth analysis on that room in particular yeah like you said chris i think there's going to be some some spiciness in the forest itself which is going to lend to levi's skill set and the scout's skill set the scouts Mm -hmm. that aren't going to turn into titans that is um and how ironic that levi was just saying like it's been horrible having to sacrifice so many men for aaron well i think he's going to have to kill some of his men yeah um that turn into titans i have a feeling it's
1: just going to be him who's not going to turn into a Titan.
0: And I still think that's an unfair fight for the Titan (laughs) and Zeke. Same. Um, So I, I 100% anticipate some spiciness there. We hopefully are going to see some of that Marley and Pike, just craziness. Um, Because once again, she's kind of like the deep state Titan as far as spying goes. So Mm -hmm. she can kind of like really go in the, you know, get in there. Um, She's probably a lot quicker than Zeke and Aaron as far as Titans go, being that she's a quad quadruped. Mm -hmm. Um, So it'd be interesting to see how she plays in all of this attack and if she's actually involved in this. Um, So that would be quite interesting as well. Yeah. But, and also I, I, really am looking forward to being one episode closer to reaffirming my grand scheme as far as the Falco gets Aaron's Titan powers Mm -hmm. theory. Um, but I think that's where it ends, man. It's going to be a lot, a lot of stuff to fit into one episode. So I don't think that they'll get to it all in one go, but if they do, I would not be surprised.
1: Yeah. I mean, judging off of the past episodes that we've had, uh, Probably not all of it's going to happen, but man, if all of it does, all the stuff that we're talking about does happen, it's going to be a, a wild, wild, wild episode.
0: Absolutely. Um. So, you know, as in wrapping it up, Chris, thanks so much, man, for being on the pod once more uh, enlightening us with your Hanji greatness and looking forward to the next one.
1: Yeah, man. It's always fun. A Great time talking with you, talking to you guys about all of this. Uh, yeah, really excited for for next week, man. It's going to be good. Thanks,
0: dude. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you guys for, you know, listening. Um, and once again, just another reminder, if you want to interact with us on YouTube, that'd be good because we're posting videos of this stuff as far as in wave form there. And you know where to find us for next week's Attack on Titan goodness. Peace. Thank you.